Back again, another week, Flipping Matt's Waiting Flats podcast with Josh and Joe. Got Joe back from out of town. Come on. <laughs> I'm yeah. happy to be back, y'all. Had to go make that real money. Yeah, yeah. I was up in Denver and uh, came back early. I accidentally messed up my pinky on my hand at work and then had to have surgery, so I got called back early. If not, I would still be up in Denver. But, uh, yeah, I'm back now, and then now i got to fly to Indianapolis. So, Come on. That don't sound like a lot of fun. No, it doesn't. But, hey, you know what? I'm going to get it done. At least you're here by Wednesday. Exactly. Exactly. Right? Damn right. Um, yeah, you can't you can't keep leaving me with these Hanyaks like getting in here, dude. Come on. <laughs> no, I, I listened to the last episode, though, with Jesse and uh, that whole story that he had about the... Yeah, you're going to die, oh, Swan. Oh, dude, the Swan, bro. Oh, dude, that was... that was How he described everything is to a T, man. Like, it it, it is legit. Well, because I've known Jesse for for a long time, and that I kind of figured when he was telling the story, like I've never really known Jesse to be a liar. Like you know, I mean, mm-hmm. he's I mean, he's yeah. pretty straight up, pretty normal, you know. And and he was telling the story, and I'm like, and my first thought was like, there's no way. No, but then true. the more <laughs> it's true, this fucking swan came out of nowhere. I'm sorry, drop that bomb. It's my bad. <laughs> yeah, there you go. We got to get that sound going. Yeah, we got to get that. Mm. Pacifico. Um. <laughs> Yeah, but dude, exactly how he described it, that's how it went down. And it's true, dude. The thing like bowed up, you know. But it's crazy though, because uh there was one time on uh shit, what's that damn lake? Ladybird. Woodlawn. Uh, yeah, Woodlawn. <laughs> uh Ladybird. I was downtown and I was in the tracker and I had one of those swans come up and start chewing on my, my steering cable on the tracker. Oh yeah. Just out of nowhere, dude. Just bowed up, just trying to chew on it. Yeah, so, well. Fun stories, dude. Fun stories. I remember two. Funny. That was actually the same day. My buddy Matt, he uh, he was fishing in the back of the boat out there, and I look back and he's stripping his clothes off. I said, "What are you doing?" And then I look and he's like, "Oh, I threw my uh, threw my rod in the water." <laughs> yeah. So he's <laughs> bare ass naked, dude. But <laughs> I'm like, jumps in, jumps in, gets his rod, right? Comes back in. He's like, "Oh shit, that water's cold." <laughs> downtown right there underneath the bat bridge uh, at ladybird yeah at ladybird <laughs> bat cave people dude. are over there looking dude. and stuff it y'all are down trip, dude oh geez so. well good to have you back good to have you back unfortunately i'll lose you again next week but that's all right oh yeah hopefully we'll get somebody on though yeah oh yeah yeah, yeah. for sure that way they don't have to just listen to me <laughs> right. you always got will <laughs> that's right i got will i got will my one black friend. Oh, shit. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> but, uh, nah, man. So we had a little, int- we had a uh, a little derby happen last weekend, apparently. Yeah. Right? Classic. Bassmaster Classic. Uh, not the most exciting one, though. I can tell you that. Dude. But it's fishing. And it's a Bassmaster Classic. I mean, I know we're live and we put this on the internet and we're supposed to be bass fishermen and stuff. But, dude, that tournament sucked. It was terrible. The way they caught them sucked. Yes. More, I need more entertainment. Like, like, I'm sure that classic was awesome if you were there. Yeah. Like, I mean, dude, the way they have the takeoff right downtown right there and the expos right there and all that and the weigh-ins right there. I mean, that place is set up for like, uh, I mean, I think you can just walk everywhere, especially if you yeah. get a hotel downtown. I mean, you're just with what within walking distance everywhere. Yeah. But holy cow, is the fishing terrible? Yeah. 
I, I wasn't too impressed. I, you know, I'm impressed with Gussie, dude. Don't get me wrong. Gussie's a good angler. Yes. You know, and I think it all the Canada stuff that he fishes, it played in definitely to this, you know. No, for sure. But, I mean, dude, what are the odds of winning it in the same place two tournaments in a row? Yeah. Something, you know, something he did years, two years ago on the Elite Series, and then played comes again. back and it played again. Yeah. Well, it's a spot, dude. Always fish load up. Again, fish will always load up in the same spot. And they do. Team. And it's in that pinch point between the two the two lakes yeah. or whatever and all that, you know. Because I don't know how many times I've gone back to Amnestead and found good spots or, you know, Canyon, Medina, and found good spots. And then they reloaded, dude. Yeah. What really surprised me is how many guys – I mean, it seemed like he was still the only one doing it. I mean, yeah, I know a couple of guys. Like, I think Drew Benton would go out there in the morning. Austin Felix was doing it a little bit. But, like, the first thing that came to my mind, and I even put them on my fantasy team, was I knew they were going back there. I knew Gussie, some pictures of the practice and stuff, showed him kind of out there doing that thing again. So, <laughs> I. but the first person that came to my mind, I was like, oh, dude, Taco is going to wreck him. Oh, yeah. That's awesome. And he did He's nothing. He did nothing. Like that, that's the surprise, the stuff that's surprised, even John Cox, dude, John Cox, I was, you know, kind of surprised too, because he always comes back to do something always, you know? Yeah, but I think that, because I did, I do know the water had fallen a little bit from the last time they were there a couple of years ago. Yeah. So I think it hurt the large mount bite. Yeah. A little bit. So it was all small. Yeah. yeah. But no, it, it was, God, it was brutal to watch. But shit, Brian Smith. Yeah. Great. Scott Canterbury. Yeah. You know, all good. Honestly, down, you know, I'm surprised Hackney, dude, 10th. Yeah. You know? And he was, yeah, he kind of, I don't know. I want to see Hackney win a classic. That's the only thing he's missing. I know. I know. That's one thing he's decided. Lee Livesey, 15th. Yeah. The reason he wasn't out there because he's not running a ballistic. <laughs> Come on. My bad. Props to little, Lee Livesey, dude. Little, I don't <laughs> Yeah, he's in that new Phoenix though. He's in that new Phoenix, dude. Come those, on. hey, those those Phoenixes ain't slow. No, no, dude, dude. Uh, shit, what's his name? Come on, he's in our club. Uh, Bradshaw. Bradshaw. Yeah, his his new Phoenix is badass. Oh yeah, dude. They're, that they're legit. Oh yeah. No, they're legit, and they ain't slow. Mm-mm. But see, that's what a lot of people don't know about Gary Klaus, the yeah. guy that owns them. Dude, he, he, he used to be a mechanic before he started working in the boat industry. Ownership. I listened to a podcast he did with uh, either Luke Duncan or Bass Talk Live, one of those other podcasts, and that's what he was talking about. He was actually a mechanic. He's a muscle head, dude, always, or, you know, uh, not a muscle head. Uh, muscle head. <laughs> no, not a, not a muscle head, but like. Sounds a little fruity. Yeah, but like, <laughs> but no, like, like muscle cars, you know, oh, he okay, loved okay. cars and engines always. and stuff like that. So, oh yeah, he's a, he's a speed guy. Period. A gearhead, yeah, not muscle, a gearhead. No, but he's a car guy, dude, so he likes speed. He likes, yeah, so it kind of fits, you know. And they say those Phoenixes handle like driving a race car. I've been in one before, and they do. Yeah. They do. So I I have not been in a Phoenix, so. It's something I want to get into, though. Yeah. No. I'm liking the Skeeter, though, honestly, dude. Yeah, I mean, Phoenix has come a long way. Uh, Where we live in San Antonio, Texas, uh, with Bass Champs, you know, having the Skeeter bonuses and then having Bernie Marine right up the road, which is one of the best Skeeter dealers around, you know, and then Parker Marine. Hey, 
man, as far as for service and quality and stuff like that, it's, you know, it's kind of hard not to buy a Skeeter. Yeah. But, you know, the other brands are, I think, making their way down this way. Phoenix is getting more popular. Bass Cat over at the boat shops getting more popular. You know, yeah. things are things are coming around. Well, Ballistic, too. I, I know they, just, they moved from Idaho down to Texas now. Yeah. Yeah. So that's going to be yeah. a big one, too. And they're nice boats. Yeah. I don't know if you ever see one up close, but yeah, they're badass. Yeah, yeah. they are. Um, but, yeah, dude, like, I'm, I'm digging the Skeeter, though. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, so, I mean, back to the Classic, man. It was – I have mixed emotions about the Classic. You know, <clears throat> me actually coming from a golf background. You hear all these guys talk about how are we going to grow the sport and bass fishing and all this stuff, you yeah. know? Well, we want to fish for a thousand, a hundred thousand dollars. We don't want to pay entry fees. We don't want to do that. Dude, the only way you do that's with TV money. Yeah. You want to know why the PGA Tour plays for a million dollars every week? TV money. Mm-hmm. It's, I mean, that's why. Same thing with the NFL. You want to know why those guys make sign 40, 50 million dollar contracts? TV, TV money. Yeah. TV money. So, here is my little bit of a gripe about the Bassmaster Classic. The only way you're ever going to get to the point to where you're fishing for $100,000 and these guys aren't paying $5,000 a tournament to fish in it. Now, I get it, the Bassmaster Classic, I don't think they pay entry fees for the Classic. Yeah. But, I mean, talking about the sport as a whole, the only way you're going to get to that is with TV exposure. You ain't going to get TV exposure watching guys catch four fish a day weighing in seven and a half pounds. No. Yeah. The average fisher or or the the weekend angler, the guy that just walks around and fishes at the pond, or he doesn't want to watch a guy get four bites all day with a little drop shot or whatever. No, dude. They want to see those guys boat flipping six pounders and, mm. you know, all of that stuff. Mm-hmm. And I mean, mm-hmm. so as much as I think the expo and all that is great for the people that are there for every person that's there you have let's just say you have four or five people at home that are watching it yeah well what's more important entertaining those four or five people or entertaining one person yeah so i really think if they want to take it to the next level they've got to they've got to find a happy medium between good facilities but still a good fishing lake yeah and i understand the host city you know invites Bassmaster and pays them and all that but it's the same way with the red crest i'm just using the the classic as an example because it just happened yeah but it's the same way with mlf it's the same way with national professional fishing league you know these guys it's entertaining watching fish catches you know exactly and when guys aren't even weighing in limits in the Bassmaster Classic, yeah. how are you going to get the average occasional fan to jump on board and go, dude, I'm going to make sure I watch this next year? Yeah. No. See, and I was disappointed too. I watched a little bit of it and then I just turned it off because I was like, it's the same shit. Like, I like watching Gussie do. Gussie has some good YouTube videos and stuff like that. So I was stoked to see him. Absolutely. You know, but then it's like at the same time, I'm not going to watch you all day. Just sit there for four or five bites, man. I can't, I can't the, do it, brother. And, and, and I feel bad because this in no way, shape or form reflects on the anglers. Yeah, exactly. I mean, they can't, they, they're, they're just playing the hand they're dealt. Yeah. If they're told, Hey, the tournament's on this lake. Well, that's where we're going, you know? So like, that, I, wish, I wish they could vote, dude. Instead of having like all like have a vote of where between the anglers where you want the classic to be at. 
we'll see like, so that's one of the things I liked about talking about the classic and stuff was a few years back when they had it on Conroe. Conroe was cool, dude. I can only caught a 10 pounder on the last day. Exactly. So, I mean, yeah. that brings, you know, and let's face That's it. excitement. Yeah. You know? I mean, here I am, of course, naturally. I'm a bass fisherman. I keep track. I watch stuff like that. But the, the occasional pond hopper that just might happen to jump on Fox Sports and see someone catch a 10 pounder is going to remember that way more than Gussie catching a three pound smallmouth. Yeah even though we know how important that three pound smallmouth was, yeah. those people don't. And those are the people that you need turning in to make those sponsored, to make those TV dollars so we can get to no entry fees. If ultimately that's where pro fishing wants to be. Right. But honestly, they're going back. I mean, the early heyday, you know, when they had the crown Royal team, the gastro GTX team, I don't, I don't foresee anything ever going back to the way that was. No, I don't think so. Yeah. Cause those were dude. Those are some big money tournaments there, man. Yes. You know, the big, like million well, dollar FLW. FLW Cups. Forest Wood Cup. Yeah. A couple of years, they what fished for a million dollars. David Dudley, right? David David Dudley, Scott Suggs. Mm-hmm. I mean. it's. I don't think it's ever going to be as big as it was. I don't think it's ever going to get back to that, but I don't see why it couldn't get to them fishing for a hundred thousand dollars and not paying an entry fee. Yeah. I mean, I think it's going to take a lot of work, no doubt, yeah. but I mean, I think it could get to that, but the only way they're going to get to that is with TV money. Yeah. What I don't like though. I mean, yeah, it's crazy. They went to Fox sports and all that stuff, but what sucks is they, they cut out at noon. You don't even get to watch the weigh in. Yeah. See, that's a, that's a little bit different too, because I kind of agree with that. You know, Bass's whole point to, Hey, we still do weigh-ins. We still get the crowd involved. We still yeah. do all that. Well, the most important part of your business model, the weigh-in part with the fans and watching everybody cheer on stage and everything, you can't watch on Fox Sports. Right. Exactly. So it, watch it on live on the internet. And, and don't get me wrong, I had it on live on the internet. I was driving home on Sunday from Rockport. And I had it playing on my phone, stuck on the dash. Right. But it's still like, man, that's what that's what needs to be on TV. Yeah, I agree. More so than, you know, possible fishing. Yeah. What would be nice to see is like the morning, like uh, like shots of them catching their fish in the morning, but go from like noon to weigh in. You see what I'm saying? Or like two two o'clock to weigh in time. See that? So you can cover that. And then show like the the catches that they made throughout the day that got them to that point. So that would be cool. Start the show at like two o'clock. Mm-hmm. Like you said, they could open the show. Of course, naturally there, there would be live fishing going on, but throughout the, that hour or so you could be throwing, Hey, Gussie caught this, this small mouth at 10 o'clock, show that fish catch, show some of the other fish catches, show exactly. all that. And then transition into the weigh in yeah. like, you know, the Bassmaster classic, the super six, yeah. they're big deal. Well, that especially needs... seeing like like a Matt Robertson dude on him just fucking crack beards open, you know? Yeah. How badass is that to watch on Doing stage, a shoey. Exactly. See, like, come on. Yeah, exactly. That's the shit that I want to see. To me, that is the stuff that is going to capture yeah. the occasional watcher and turn them into possibly a a watcher. Yeah, I agree. You know, so... 
yeah, I don't know. I have mixed emotions about the classic. I love it because I'm a, you know, I'm a bass fishing enthusiast. I love bass fishing. I love it all. But from a tournament viewer standpoint, they've got to, and I know things have changed so much with streaming on the internet and not live on cable TV and stuff like that. I get that. But even if they do it over the internet, you know, or something that we got to, we got to get it to where the, that occasional fan is going to log in and watch. Yeah, definitely. I mean, how many, how many, I mean, I keep referring back to golf because I spent so much of my life playing golf too and tournaments and everything, but dude, nobody, your, your diehard golfers watch the whole golf tournament, but your weekend warriors Back nine on Sunday, dude. Yeah. You know, that last three hours of coverage on Sunday from hole 10 to hole 18, that's the deal. Back nine on Sunday. Yeah. The Masters, that last nine holes, dude, that's where it's at. That's where people, that's where you make, you break. It's That's all of it. They got to get into golf, dude. I have no idea what the hell you're talking about. Dude, so the problem is golf. Golf is so much like fishing Mm. because – one of the things that when I used to give golf lessons and stuff like that, I used to tell people all the time, golf isn't one of those sports you can just do once a month and expect to be good at. Fishing's the same way. You can't expect to yeah, just go fit. Exactly. Time on the water, same thing in golf. You got to spend your time on the range. You got to spend your time on the putting green, chipping, playing rounds of golf, just repetition, repetition. It's the same. And you gain knowledge. You learn what to do in certain situations like, Man, my ball's in the bunker over here. I got to carry it this far. Well, it's no different than fishing. Hey, these weather conditions changed. I need to do this. I need to do that. So because golf, like fishing, is an individual sport. True. You know, you don't have 10 other players on your football team to bail you out if you make a mistake. You don't have, you know, four other people on the basketball court with you to pass the ball to or whatever. It's all you. So that's, that's one of the things... I relate golf and fishing a lot because it is, man. It is one of – that's why I think a lot of – and I could be completely wrong, but I think a lot of really good fishermen are not really good golfers Mm. because there's not enough time in the day to do both. Yeah. I mean, you kind of got to pick one or the other. Yeah. Like, I want to get into Costa, but I'm so invested in Basta. Yeah. I I was talking to Dallas one day, and I was asking him, and he was like, dude, I'm so invested in Coast and Redfish and all that stuff that – he wants the best of the best, just like the same way with me, you know, and it's like I can't invest more into salt tending with bass for him. Mm-hmm. So it's definitely which one do you want to do and stick with that? Yeah, no doubt. You can cross over here and there. but Yeah, because I mean a lot of your, you know, a lot of your equipment and stuff like that. I mean, dude, for the longest time until I started guiding, all of my coast stuff was retired bass gear. Mm. Every time I'd buy a new rod or reel for the bass boat, I would just take my oldest one and stick it down coast. and start taking it to the coast. Hell yeah. I mean, because we use bait casters, your spinning reels are the same 2,500, 3,000 spinning reels. I mean, it, it's a lot of the same equipment. No, really? Yeah. yeah. Like that's, that's what, uh, I don't know. Like I get confused sometimes. Yeah. But. I mean, dude, most of my, like most, a lot of my coast rods, mm. I throw a seven foot medium for oh, a seven shit. foot medium heavy casting rod. For like a big rig and stuff? Hell yeah. Oh shit. Absolutely. See, I don't know this shit. Yeah, no, exactly. And and that's the thing. So yeah, it's very, very it crosses over tremendously. Yeah. 
tremendously. Now you got to take care of your gear more. Yeah. As far as like washing it and stuff like that. Cause I mean, how do you do yours? You spray down the hose or what? So what I normally do is I will, of course, when I'm done fishing for the day and I'm washing the boat, mm. I rinse all the reels down and then I either spray them down with like real magic or a little shot of corrosion X or something like that. And then usually like every two or three trips, I've got my little bottle of real oil. I'll drop some on the worm gear. I'll drop some in that little hole that's on the side, you know, and just keep everything lubricated. And then usually once a year, like in the off season, if I have some reels that aren't doing good or whatever, I'll take them off and send them to one of the rod and reel replaces, get them to tear them completely down. Fish Tackle Marine. Yeah, Fish Tackle Marine. Exactly. Will's got a guy here at the shop that he uses and, you know, exactly. That's what's up. So speaking of the coast, mm-hmm. what's going on in that world, in that room? Hmm. Well, the wading flats part. That's right. That's right. <laughs> we are wading flats. We've been flipping mats all spring. <laughs> now we, but uh, man, right now my book, my book doesn't open till the first week of May. No. But we have a few things coming up. Uh, actually, not this coming weekend. The next weekend, April eighth. Uh, the Professional Redfish League is having a tournament in Port Aransas, a two-man team redfish tournament. I'm going to go fish that with a buddy of mine, Robert. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, we're going to. It's a one-day, one-day tournament deal. So we're going to go fish that. Man, not that much. Two fifty a team. Oh, that's not bad. It's two fifty a team. Fifty dollars for heavy redfish for the day, and then a hundred dollars to buy your boat in the Calcutta. So it's four hundred total. So kind of like a bass. Well, excuse me. So you you're allowed two fish. Okay. Between 20 and 28 inches. Mm -hmm. Heaviest weight wins for those two fish. But the $50 side pot is for whoever catches the biggest red of the day. You still only weigh. It's like big bass. It's like your big bass pot at our club tournament. Okay. Okay. Whoever caught the biggest red for the day under 28 inches or up to 28 inches wins that pot. Okay. But. Yeah, that's pretty legit though. Yeah, it's it's legit. And then a hundred dollar buy in for the Calcutta, that'll pay in. That'll pay out the top three teams. I see what you're saying with the P. Yeah, you see the P. Yeah, yeah. The P. I, I know, I know. It always gets. We were talking about this about our mics earlier. That's why. Um, yeah, apparently I don't enunciate my P's very well. Oh well. Sometimes <laughs> <laughs> that for that. Uh, Redfish tournament, how much is the the payout? Man, it'll all depend on how many teams enter. Oh, it doesn't do pretty good for the Yeah, it doesn't. Yeah, I mean, I want to say, I think the one they had last year had 40 boats, 50 boats, something like that. So, no, I mean, first place will probably be in the neighborhood of... I don't know, three, four thousand dollars, something like that. You know, so I mean it'll 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 be a it'll be a good pay. Yeah. Have you been down there like pre fishing or anything? I went last weekend. How'd you guys do? Uh, man. <laughs> don't say you sucked it up. <laughs> yeah, it wasn't oh, good. Shit. <clears throat> First Ivy and now this. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> now so last weekend was actually my wife and I's anniversary. So we went down there Friday night, went out to dinner, and we went and fished Saturday. But man, the wind blew crazy hard out of the north on Saturday and blew out a bunch of the water. Not blew it out, but like muddied it up real bad. We caught a bunch of fish, caught a bunch of trout, stuff like that. Just just drifting, you know, doing a bunch of different things. But it was, yeah, it wasn't wasn't good fishing. But the wind switched back out of the south now this week, and it's supposed to be blowing out of the south next week. So hopefully a lot of that, hopefully a lot of the water will clear up, calm down, and, you know, 
I'm not going to be able to get there this weekend because I'm going to Amistad to uh, pre-fish for Bass Champs coming up next month. But, uh, yeah, we're just going to send it, Yeah, see what happens. Where are you guys thinking about going for Bass Champs? Uh, for Del Rio? Yeah. As far as, like, what, what we're are, doing? So are you going to – are you going to fish the champ side? That's not what I'm explaining. Are you going to fish the Permian side of the lake? Or are you going to fish the Bass Champ side of the lake? No, we're fishing the Bass Champ side of the lake. <laughs> <clears throat> and I'm pretty much convinced that's the only side of the lake. Yeah. So the Permian, my partner and I fished their SIT tournament last year. Wow. And I think we got seventh or eighth. So we didn't do bad. Mm. But we never, we launched at Diablo both days and we never went under the bridge. Ocean. We stayed on the east side of the lake the whole time. Mm-hmm. And, <clears throat> man. Like California and all that stuff. Yeah, right California, Castle, the Devils, San Pedro. You know, we stayed all on that east end of the lake. Mm-hmm. And I don't think we'll make that mistake again. <laughs> I mean, there was plenty of fish. We caught a ton of fish. We had a good tournament. I mean, but we just, we, we never got that five-pound bite, that yeah. four-pound bite even. You know, that, That's what's tough. There's so many small fish in there that, like, you you gotta choose and stick with that area that you're gonna fish. Yeah, I'm always fishing. I'm always <clears throat> fishing Mexico, dude. Well, us too, us too. But because it was fall time, mm-hmm. and you know, fish True. usually move a little shallower. But the that, le- that's the shallow, <clears throat> the shallower side of the that's lake the right shallower too. end of the lake. So it was kind of like, well, maybe it would, it was better. Mm-hmm. And we made a game plan to stay over there, and we stuck to our game plan. And like I said, I mean, it didn't wasn't terrible we finished seventh place out of 120 something teams oh, so, i mean yeah we did good i think it was seventh or eighth i know we finished in the top 10 hmm. actually i think we might have finished eighth or ninth i think mikey g finished seventh hmm. and then actually my boss they got fifth and so yeah i mean we we had a good tournament i mean you finish you get a top 10 out of 100 boat field oh you're doing good. yeah we, yeah. <clears throat> we weren't disappointed at all but because think of a 219 <clears throat> that's 200 people yeah, exactly. So. so, yeah, you know, so we, but looking back on it now, we probably would have done things a little bit different. Yeah. So, but now springtime, we're fishing out west. Yeah. You know. I think that's the better part of the lake, man. I really do. Well. <clears throat> There's so much stuff there. There's so much you can do out there. Well, and because it's the deeper part of the lake and the middle part of the lake right there, I think it's more consistent. Yeah. Even as the lake falls or the lake rises, there's that part of the lake doesn't get changed as much as, you know, the east side or way up the river or something like that, you know, a little more, a little more consistency. Yeah, exactly. So I think it's a little easier to find fish. It's just like hard for me getting on those flats out there, those grass mats. <laughs> like, uh, I forgot the name of the damn place where the cross is. Oh yeah. The iron cross. Yeah. You know, like stopping <laughs> on those mats, like I can never catch fish there. And the guy's jack on there too. Yeah. But it's just, for some reason, I can't do it there. Yeah, I know. I, I got to get some rock balls. <clears throat> it's the same way, like, if you go on the American side of the lake from the Iron Cross, like the Red Roof House and stuff like that, oh, yeah, yeah. all those big flats out there. And, yeah, summertime, they'll have grass and stuff on them. And it's a little, yeah, you kind of got to have a plan when you go in there. Because if you just go blind, just, oh, yeah, I'm going to fish around, It's you're going to find out real quick. it. It ain't that easy. So my first time I ever went to Amistad, dude. We got time? Yeah, we got two minutes. Okay. First time I ever went to Amistad. I didn't know about grass. You know, whatever. Deep deep lake, though, clear water, California shit, right? Yeah. 10-pound test in a grass mat. 
Oh, how'd that work? Oh, hooked up, <laughs> hooked up to a good one, dude. And uh, I, I, you know, I had a punching weight on, so I think I kind of knew trying to figure it out and flipped into a mat and just dunk, got one. And I'm coming up to the grass mat, patch coming with him and just busted me off. And that's where, uh, that's where I was like, I hate fishing grass after that. Dude. <laughs> I swear to God, that's what happened. That's crazy. But yeah, no, it's a, it's a little bit of a different lake, man. That lake is so big too. Yeah. I mean, I, I remember we fished a tournament there a couple of years ago and I uh, tracked it on my Navionics. We ran 75 miles in one day. Yeah. I bet. Yeah. I bet. Yeah. That's why I'm kind of like, you know, with a tracker, I had to pick which way am I going to go? Dude, <laughs> it's, it's a 30 minute drive either way. So yep. it was going to be Mexico or I'm going to launch in Diablo. Well, and that's what, that's what you don't understand when you're in a tracker, right? That tops out at what? 40 miles an hour. Yeah. It was like 43. Yeah. And that's wide open. Yeah. So you can only do that if it's calm. Mm-hmm. Well, when you get like your skeeter now, you're in a 21 foot boat with a 250. When it's rough, you're still doing 40. Yeah. When it's calm, I mean, you can cruise around the lake 55, 60, 65 miles an hour. You don't realize how fast you get places when you're cruising at 60 miles an hour. Yeah, definitely. You know, so it it, it definitely changes a lot. But It's a game changer. <laughs> for sure. Absolutely. <laughs> for sure. Cool, cool. Well, well, we'll get back at it here in just a second. All right. We're back. Potty break. Pacifico break. Hot Cheetos and cheese break. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Hey, if you guys are hungry, there's a spot right here next to fish tackle marine dude and it's like a like a snack spot but they got like taquitos and a whole bunch of other stuff they got beer in there definitely go check them out i don't know the name of it will you know the name of it uh no no he does not know but it's like three doors down from fish tackle. that should be good though come on <laughs> <laughs> Hell support yeah. local business that's all we're about that's right that's right all right so back on the fishing thing uh Talked about the classic, talked about a few other things, but we were on the coast thing and uh, Saltwater Legend Series just had their second tournament of the year this past weekend in uh, Port O'Connor, Texas. Mm. It's a big three-man tournament series. They fish for big money, big, I mean, it's probably the biggest tournament series on the Texas coast as far as saltwater stuff, sure. maybe on the Gulf Coast. I mean, the the guys that won it uh, – they actually won the first stop. One took home about 35 G's, and they just won the second stop, took home another 35 70, G's. 70 grand right there. Yeah. 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 And yeah, they just killing it, dude. But man, it was, uh, we actually saw a bunch of the boats because we were fishing in the Rockport, Port Aransas, Aransas Pass area. Mm. Well, even though Port O'Connor is an hour up the coast, those guys run their boats from Port O'Connor all, right. all the way down past Corpus. Oh, shit. I mean, dude, they'll make 100-mile run. Mm-hmm. But they set up their boats to do that. I mean, all these guys are running Simmons with 450s. Yeah. These boats are running 80, 90 miles an hour. No joke. And we saw probably six or seven of them just – Dude, every time you'd see a boat running down the intercoastal, running down the ditch, and they just had rooster tails going – I looked at my wife and I was like, yep, there's another Legends boat. They're heading back. <laughs> but, yeah, dude, they killed it, man. Uh, I don't know the guys. Mm-hmm. I know, uh, I mean, I recognize the names because they're big-time tournament fishermen. I know one of the guys, uh, Brett Sweeney, Captain Brett Sweeney. Mm-hmm. He's a guide. You know, I believe he guides up in the Matagorda area. 
known for catching big fish and yeah they've they that's tore it up now two weeks in a row or that's two bad. tournaments in a row that's badass yeah I mean, it's to legit see, to see anglers that's just putting them put them working oh dude and those guys work all yeah. those guys that fish that series work because it ain't it's not a it's not a tournament series you're just gonna jump in it's not a club tournament it's not you know so it wasn't the buying like we used to like five grand or ten grand or something like no, that. no 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 that's the uh they have the excalibur tour which is a redfish tour okay and uh, those tournaments are three thousand a piece mm-hmm. or thirty five hundred the legends tournament it's three man teams it's twelve hundred per Person. event okay so it's twelve hundred per event but then you also have the Calcutta and all the pots and stuff like that. So it probably comes out around 2000 between 2000 and 2,500 a team. Yeah. You know, by the time you buy your team in the Calcutta and enter all the heaviest trout pot, heaviest red pot, all that. Yeah. Yeah. And it's actually a mixed tournament, which is a little different than what we're used to on the bass side. So what do you mean? Probably like a Texas slam type thing? Or kind, kind of. So not, not the Texas slam, but, so, like, in our bass tournaments, we go out just chasing bass. Yeah. Or, like, in the redfish tournaments, you go out just chasing redfish. The stringer in the Legends tournament is three trout and one red. Oh, shit. Okay. So, it's a mixed bag. Like, you can catch, you know, you catch both. Mm. So, and it's pretty cool the way they do it with the trout. It's catch, weigh, and release. You got to video it. And the reason they're doing that now is because since Texas has cut the limit back, you're only allowed to keep three trout per person, 17 to 23 inches. Well, so if you go catch a 27, 28, 29 inch trout, you can't bring it back to weigh in. So what they do is uh, they actually use the catch commanders, those yellow scales. And the way they do it is when you catch one of those big fish that you want to weigh in, you get one of your other guys on the team and he video records you zeroing out the scale weighing the fish and then releasing the fish. So that way, you know, you can't keep weighing the same fish over and over again, but yeah, so they do that for all the trout and then they bring the one red fish back to weigh in. So it's kind of cool because it's kind of a mix. You get, it's like a mix between MLF and elite series. You still get the weigh in, but then you also get the conservation aspect and stuff of the catch weigh and release yeah especially dude like with how that water how the weather has been affecting the water down there mm-hmm. just took a tremendous toll i know on the trout oh the freeze and stuff yeah. yeah yeah i mean all the fish down there honestly yeah the freeze from 2020 and stuff it was uh you know a guy i know that in the rockport area he's been guiding a long time and i mean he's been guiding long enough he remembered the last big freeze, which was back in like 84, 85 or something like that. Mm. And he, and he said that usually about year three is when you start seeing the bounce back to where it starts getting back to where it was and stuff, which the freeze was in 2020. We're in 2023 now. So we're hoping that this year it gets kind of back on track. Yeah. So yeah, but no, they're killing it, man. One, two tournaments. Yeah. It's, and there's only one more tournament. So see yeah. if they can sleep, yeah. get them brooms out. Do you like just wondering though? Because me and the wife are talking about this. It's rock. I, I feel like there's some people that like Rockport, some people that like Port A. What's your What's your opinion, dude? So I keep my travel trailer in Rockport now, mm. but my family has owned a house in Port Aransas since the '60s. 
it's actually under construction right now, remodeling, stuff like that. So we haven't had it. Well, we haven't had it. It hadn't been usable since Harvey, hmm. but we're it's under construction and all that stuff's going on right now. But it is, it's two different environments. Hmm. Port Aransas has grown up. It's real mainstream. You got all the golf carts, but you also have the beach. Yeah. You can drive up and down the beach. You can literally park your car on the beach, drop the tailgate, set out the lawn chairs, put the ice chest on the tailgate. You're right there by the water. You got everything. Yeah. Plus it has all the little shops and everything, you know, and then Rockport is Rockport is probably more where the locals stay, like where the locals live, you know, cause if you're going to live down there, Rock, yeah, that's where H-E-B is. Rockport has H-E-B. Rockport has uh, Walmart. Rockport has a, that you know. pizza place looks amazing. Yeah, Panjo's. Panjo's. Panjo's pizza, on. dude. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, and, and that's, but a lot of people travel, a lot of people visit Rockport too. Hmm. But their beach in Rockport is just, a, it's just a spot on the bay with sand and stuff. You know, it, you don't have the waves. Yeah. So you're not boogie boarding or surfing or anything like that. So it's kind of even though they're only 10 miles apart, 15 miles apart, it's kind of two different atmospheres. I love them both. If you are a, uh, if you're a diehard inshore fisherman, redfish, trout, stuff like that, the Rockport Aransas Pass area probably caters a little more to you if that's the only reason you're really going down there. Mm. But then if you got the family involved and you have, the kids and you want to walk through all the shops and do all that stuff, Port Aransas, you know, I mean, Port Aransas is great fishing too. That's where a lot of the offshore boats are, all the party boats that you can go out on like dolphin docks and fisherman's wharf and all that. So it, it is, it really is two different atmospheres, but I love them both, dude. I, I do. I mean, I've always got a spot in my heart for Port Aransas because we've had the house there my whole life, Yeah. but I like Rockport and stuff too. It's a little more chill little more laid back i mean now that i'm not 21 years old anymore running up and down the beach you know just you know parking my truck wherever there's a group of bikinis hanging out you know yeah. it's i like rockport yeah. you know but i do i do still love port aransas also what other spots are down there for good fishing man besides rockport port a mustang island area mustang island area um north padre actually uh Right when you, if you leave in Corpus going towards Port Aransas, you go over the big bridge and you cross over the intercoastal right there. You're talking about like all the docks right there. The, there there's some fishing? docks right there. Uh, Snoopy's restaurant, docks, okay. seafoods right there. Um, that's a big fishing spot because that is where most of your guys that run down to Baffin, mm -hmm. that's where you put in. Okay. Because okay. it, you, it's about a 45 minute boat ride to Baffin from there. Okay. So, you know, that's a big fishing spot too, you know, because really, that's that's the last civilization you hit until you get all the way down past the land cut and get to like Port Mansfield and Raymondville and stuff like that. Okay. So, I mean, from that spot all the way to Port Mansfield, I mean, you've got 70 miles of just barren coast that there's no houses, there's no nothing. It's just wild. Yeah, yeah exactly. That's awesome. So, yeah, you know, it, it's cool, you know. Port Aransas is, I mean, Port Aransas is still the spot. In mm -hmm. fact, we talk about bass fishing and stuff a lot. The last two years, they do the uh, Bassmaster Redfish Cup there. They have yeah. it in November. 
So they've done that. Uh, Chris Zaldane and Ryan Rickard won it the first year. And then uh, this past year, man, I don't want to get their names mixed up, but two guys that are very, very well known on the Redfish side, uh, they won it this year. And uh, I was down there actually for it this year and went to the weigh-ins and stuff. And it was really cool. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I know that uh, Brandon Polinick too. Brandon Polinick fished this year. I actually talked to him. Oh, really? Yeah, because they come off the stage and they're literally just standing there talking to you. That's yeah. The Polinick was there with his uh, wife and his daughter. And it was so funny because the elite guys, they take, there's 10 teams uh, that fish it. Mm. And five of the teams are redfish guys and they pair them with an elite series pro. So that's why Brandon Polinick was there. Wes Logan was there. Mark Menendez was there two years ago. Um, you know, they, uh, oh, Adams and O'Connell. Yeah, Adams and O'Connell. Those are the guys that won this past year. And they are, uh, yeah, they're they're hammers. Big yeah. time, big time Who's hammers. that guy that lives up in, uh, it is New Braunfels. He fishes that redfish, that redfish circuit down there. The elite redfish circuit? I don't know. Uh I don't know the but guy. He's always on. He's always on. They always got him on camera. I, I don't. I, name. Um, Travis Land, it lives in Seguin, oh, right. right, not far from us, and he fishes the elite, sir, the elite uh, redfish tour and stuff. All right. But yeah, dude, that Bassmaster thing was cool. Those, I mean, Wes Logan, Brandon Polinick, those guys, they come right off the stage. Dave Mercer was there. I was literally standing right next to Dave Mercer while he was talking to Brandon Polinick. Oh, that's cool. And it was so funny. We were walking to our truck after the weigh-in on the first day, and Brandon Polinick's got his backpack, and he's got five rods over his shoulder, and he's walking, and I was walking behind him, and I said, hey, man, I said, you know, just wanted to say what's up, man. I'm a big fan, and his wife and his daughter were there, and I said, I've watched your daughter. You know, I've seen your daughter's pictures on Facebook, and, man, she's beautiful. Congratulations, you know, and everything. And he was like, oh, man, thank you very much and all that. And he's carrying those rods over his shoulder. And I was like, man, you kind of look like a co-angler. <laughs> <laughs> and he was like, dude, I feel like one, you know, because those guys come down and they get in the boat with a pro. Right. Uh, Patrick Walters fished it two years ago. So, yeah, they get in the boat with a pro. I wonder, I wonder if he was using the last joke well. No. no, <laughs> no. But, yeah, so and, he, and I told him, I said, man, you kind of look like a co-angler with that backpack carrying them rods on your shoulders. And he was like, man, I feel like a co-angler. <laughs> <laughs> like back when he was in the Tundra Suites. Huh? Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So it was pretty cool. It, yeah. it really is cool. So Port Aransas is really where it's happening, especially if you got a family, if you got kids. It's the place to go. That's what's up. See, someone, yeah. someone new, like, I, don't, I didn't even know. Yeah. Honestly, I didn't go to the coast until, shit, I don't know, two years ago. Mm-hmm. And then I, I went down there and I was hooked. Uh, Pacifico. Sorry. Apologize. Come on. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, after that, I'm hooked. Now the wife wants to buy a golf cart. She uh, thinking about getting one of them town homes down there. Yeah. Like to, I'm like, God damn. <laughs> Chill out now, you know? <laughs> she just spending your money. Yeah, exactly. Exactly, right? But, yeah. So Keith Poche also. Yeah. That's something else to talk about. MLF championship at Douglas. Yeah, Douglas and Get, Cherokee. Getting it done with the Gator Tail boat. The Gator Tracks. Dude. Gator okay. Tracks. It's like a 17-foot boat with a 115. Jet drive. No, it's no. not a jet. It's no, a prop it boat. The, it the jet drive? No, it, it's oh, never had a, a jet drive. No, Ot that was Ot 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 
No, no. It, that's Defoe? so. I've listened to Odd on enough podcasts. It's Defoe. <laughs> well, that, that was cool seeing, dude. You so, so Defoe was the guy that won uh, an Elite Series event years ago, and he was running that jet drive. And that's why they had, he had that, the rule, right? He had that jet drive and that tunnel boat. So Keith Poche, dude, that ain't – well, one, that's no run-of-the-mill aluminum boat. Yeah. There has been a lot of thought put into that boat. That, But he did it. He built that boat to almost – basically so he can go anywhere a jet drive can go but still runs a prop mm-hmm. because of the rules, you got to run a prop boat, no jets. Yeah. So, yeah, dude, he made it. He was making an hour and a half, hour and 40-minute run to the backside of that dam, fishing the tail race up there. That's bad. So, dude, oh, dude, it's it crazy. Pulled it off. But, you know, kudos to Keith Pochet, man. I mean, he was – that is knowing the rules because that's the thing about MLF is there is no way in to get back to. Mm-hmm. So they just fish till a certain time, and then the marshal says, lines out. Mm-hmm. So when they start that morning – he took off running and was able to fish all the way up till the last minute. And he didn't have to worry about, Oh, I got to get back by a certain time or whatever. So, I mean, props to him. Yeah. He took the gamble. He made the long run and it paid off, dude. Yeah. Cause what's on that thing? 90 or 115? It's a 115. Yeah, see, that thing. Can, I mean, that thing can't do, but 45 miles an hour. I mean, maybe, maybe a little more, but I mean, you got to figure he had a, because it, because he made the final day, he had a marshal in his boat, and, and they, I think he had a camera guy in the you, boat you too. Know what the shitty part is they didn't even give him the smallest marshal; they gave him the biggest one. <laughs> Have you seen the picture? <laughs> the, dude's like, the dude's my size, three hundred, dude. <laughs> I said, God damn, they could have given him a smaller marshal, man. Let's even out that boat on the way up there. Keith, Keith's sitting here thinking, dude, you're hurting my draft yeah, here. Yeah, exactly. Only a one fifteen. It's not a two fifty now. In the Gator tracks, dude. yeah, dude, the Gator tracks, man. I don't know, man. After making that switch to from aluminum to fiberglass, I don't know if I can go back to fiber or to aluminum anymore. It's but you know what, dude? The way he likes to fish, what he likes to do. I mean, yeah. he likes fishing shallow. He likes doing that. So I mean, it works perfect for him. Yeah, I mean, it was he, just cool seeing, dude. Yeah, I mean, he won that open on the Red River last year. That's yeah. why he qualified for the classic. And how about that? Winning the MLF, missing a day of practice, or actually. I think he missed all the days of practice yep. That's true. and then goes and makes the cut. No, one spot out of the cut. The cut was 25 and he was 26 in the, in the classic. It's a trip. Dude, that's diehard. Trip. There ain't no question about him liking to fish. Yeah, exactly. All those Louisiana guys, man. I don't know what's going to happen next year though, because the problem is he's, he's going to be on the elite series for two years but I think he's going to end up missing two Elite Series events. Mm-hmm. So I don't see – I mean, I guess unless he goes on a run with a bunch of, like, top fives the rest of the year, two years two years from now, I don't know if he's going to be able to requalify mm-hmm. because he's because since he missed those events, I don't think he gets any points at all. No, that's true. It's not like he gets last place points. I don't think he gets any points. Not even attending. For not even attending. That's true. Call, so, uh, call what's his name? Uh, come on. Ronnie Moore? One of them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because we got those connections on yeah, this podcast yeah, exactly. here. Yeah, go. get Zona <laughs> on the phone. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so what else we got? We got Elite Bass Club going Ivy. We got our championship this weekend. Yeah. I'm not going. 
I didn't qualify. Me either. I'll be in Indy. Oh, yeah. No, I just didn't qualify. Oh, well. You can still fish, though. But you'll well, be in Anderson. Huh? You can fish the... So if you didn't qualify for the championship, you fish the... You can fish the tournament, but then... So it's they kind of do like double tournament. They're having a regular club tournament for this year, but then they also have the championship from last year. Right, the runoff. Yeah, they so you know you're weighing in your fish, and then they're counting it towards the championship and the thing. But hey, props to Elite Bass Club because I'm gonna have to look up my text here. John McGee, our treasurer. And one of our mainstays in the club last year wanted me to put this out. And I will agree, dude. I don't know how many club tournaments there are, but I know all the clubs in San Antonio, our championship is paying out $3,000 in the championship. No First place is $1,300. Second place is $800. And third place is $500. And Big Bass pays out $400. Yeah, I don't think anybody's going to And the championship, I don't think – is there an entry? No, if you qualify. If you qualify, so so that's there. There is that's a no entry championship, yeah. and paying out three thousand dollars total purse for the championship. There's that P again. P. Dang it! Say something else. Purse. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, man. So three thousand dollar total purse in the championship. No entry fee. I don't know of any other clubs around the city that are doing something like that. I that, mean, that's well, that's that pretty actually, legit. That went up too because I remember fishing the choke championship. I think it was two grand. Yeah. So an extra thousand. Well, and all the championship is based off of entry throughout the year. Yeah. You know, because every tournament that the club has, the club takes so much money out of the purse, puts it towards the championship. Yeah. So, I mean, those guys, hey, hats off to Elite, three grand, no entry fee you can fish for. And I think this year, as long as you fish three tournaments, you qualify for the championship. Okay. I think that was the loophole. I think it's going to change a little bit for 2023, but it's still a good deal to get in. Yeah, because I remember, was it six? I think it was six, yeah. Yeah, because yeah, I was I was counting them, too. Yeah. I was like, okay, I got one in. Got another one in. <laughs> All right, two more to go. Yeah, and see, last year, I fished the first tournament at Medina, and I fished the last tournament at Choke. Yeah. That was it. <laughs> no, definitely... Actively inactive, McGee. I'm yeah. actively inactive. Right. Exactly. I am the same way. The same way. At one point, they were like, we're going to take you out breed me. I was like, why? <laughs> I wish I could fish more. I really do, man. But when your weekends are limited, only a certain amount of time away from the house and stuff, I kind of got to prioritize a little bit. Well, especially when you're guiding, too. Yeah, because yeah. once summertime comes, like I was telling uh, like I was telling y'all off air before we started, I'm booked up, I think, every weekend in May, I'm booked. Uh, I think I've got two weekends booked in June, two weekends booked in July, and two weekends in August already. So I don't have much time left between, you know, this summertime. Now, given I have some, I still have availability. So naturally, if anybody wants to holler at me, because a lot of times in the summertime, we'll run two trips. I'll run a trip in the morning, like a five-hour trip in the morning, and then we run a five-hour trip in the evening too, because the fishing in the evening is just as good as the morning. Yeah. Oh, yeah, we'll go fish from like 7 to noon and then turn around and fish from like 3 to 7. Mm-hmm. So, That's, uh, mm-hmm. going back to that real quick, because I know it's like a title, right? Yeah. You got to fish the tide. Mm-hmm. Okay. Do you think that's the same thing in freshwater? Because I do. 
if you're fishing uh not even if you're fishing a title a title fishery Dude, what sorry. are you talking about? Are you talking about like fishing minors and majors and all no. that? So when I go to Canyon or when I go to Choke or any of these lakes, I look at the tide. And I really do. So, okay. that's I'm sorry, but even though it's a, it's not a tidal fishery, like Amistad, Choke, Canyon, all those, I still look at the tides. So I think, I think what you're doing is by looking at the tides, you are looking at anybody that watches Moon Phases like minors and majors and stuff like that. Well, those minors and majors, the moon rise, the moon set, stuff like that. The moon is what affects your tides. So if you're looking at minors and majors and stuff on moon set, moon rise, stuff like that, even though you're on fresh water, you're still fishing the moon phases. So moon phases and tide, a lot of that stuff corresponds together. So yeah, by fishing the, good tide times you're a lot of times just fishing the good moon phase time so they kind of coincide together i didn't know about that mm-hmm. major thing oh yeah appreciate that see you yep. yeah yeah so so minors and ma- uh, minors and majors you got two different two different things there's two minors and two majors every day minors are moon rise and moon set so everybody has thinks of sunrise and sunset well, you have moonrise and moonset. The moon rises and sets just like the sun. Majors are when the moon is directly above you and then directly below your feet. So when the moon's at its highest spot and when the moon's at its lowest spot. And then anytime you can get a minor or a major that coincides with sunrise or sunset, it's like a double whammy. Yeah. So, man, if you get a minor or a major that's happening within like 30 minutes of sunrise, you better be on the water that morning. Yeah, because, dude, I always check the tide before. Mm-hmm. People think I'm stupid for it, but that's how I fish. Yeah. I'll, the first thing I do is I check the tide. Absolutely. The well, you know, because a lot of things that people don't realize is fish are animals. Yeah. Humans, us that are sitting here talking to y'all, we are the only, and if you want to consider a human an, an animal, which I, you can say we are, say we're not, whatever. Humans are the only animals on this planet that operate on a 12-hour schedule, you know, because we're noon, 10 o'clock, 11 o'clock, whatever. You know, we base our stuff 12 hours at a time, you know. Fish and deer and animals, they all operate 24 hours. So moonrise and moonset matters to them. Doesn't matter to us so much because... We do stuff during daytime hours, sunrise, yeah. sunset. We're not really worried about what happens after the sun sets because we're either sleeping or whatever. Animal, fish, deer, stuff like that, they all operate 24 hours a day. Whether it's daylight or dark, they're either feeding or hunting or sleeping. They rotate on 24 hours. So I think that's why tides, moonrise, moonset, stuff like that matter so much in like I said, not just fishing, hunting. I know guys that plan their hunting trips based on moon phases and stuff like that too. Yeah, absolutely. Hmm. See, maybe absolutely. Not the only one, right? No, <laughs> heck no. Because I, I was talking to Mike Dean. He's like, "What the fuck are you talking about, dude?" It's like, "What are you, go- what are you going in on, dude?" <laughs> yeah, no, so, for real. But yeah, I told him I was like, "That's how I fish, man. I look at the, I look at the tides and 
Yeah. I fish the tides all the time. No, no like where I'm at. I mean, I know some of the best guides down on the coast that concentrate on catching the monster speckled trout, the big mm. dirty 30s, you know, 30 inch trout. They plan their trophy trout trips based on when's the full moon coming in the month, you know, the three days before full moon or the three days after a new moon, whatever their their uh, formula is that they have figured out. But yeah, they plan their trips around moon phases, minors, majors, stuff like that. Yeah, that's crazy, dude. Mm-hmm. Well, I kind of had uh, I had a guide when we went to uh, damn Grand Isle, right? We went to Grand Isle for a trip, and he ran it down to me, and he was telling me he was he used to fish like FLWs too. Mm-hmm. And he was telling me all about it. He's like, no matter where, even if you're up north, wherever you're at in the country, if you fish the tide of a tidal fishery, like check the tides of the coast, I guarantee you're going to link up on a good one. Yeah. You know, it just depends on, it just depends if you look at it or not. Yeah, exactly. So that's ever since then, that's when I went heavily into it. Oh, absolutely. Because especially if you look at some of those, uh, some of those fishing apps mm-hmm. have you seen the apps where it shows like you like and stuff like, that. like yeah. where it shows you oh this is the best time of the day coming up for saturday or whatever if you watch 99 percent of the time their spikes where it shows to be good fishing revolve around either a minor or a major okay oh yeah yeah Damn, so, you're up that bottle pretty quick i know <laughs> i know <laughs> But yeah, so, uh, you know, a lot of those apps and stuff, because the app can't take into account weather yeah. because they don't know what the weather is going to be. Exactly. But the credentials that they do have and they can use, they use them. Yeah. So they use moonrise, moonset, majors, um, sunrise, sunset, stuff like that when they're figuring that stuff out. For sure. Yeah. What else we got? Man, well, I think we need to take a little break here, and then uh, we'll bring it back and wrap it up for the week and Come on. figure out what we're going to do for next week. Hell yeah. <laughs> All right, we'll be back with you in just a minute. All right, we back. We back. Come on. Yes, sir. Sorry, deer jerky. Wait, what the <laughs> hell is this, dude? This is Dried deer sausage? Yeah, it's good. One of my customers brought it to it me. It's like, legit. It looks like a cock, but it's <laughs> fucking amazing. <laughs> looks a little more like a turd. Nah, nah. Definitely, yeah. definitely. <laughs> Dude, so we talked about it. We talked about it a little bit. You were talking about the tides and stuff like that, you know? Yeah. But uh, let's talk about this for a little bit. What are crazy things that you hear people talk about in fishing? There's a lot, dude. No, no, no. But I'm talking about like things that people consider. Like you were talking about fishing the tides on a lake that doesn't even have tide, mm. you know? Like, I mean, dude, I've I had, had, I didn't think that was crazy though. I've had some old timers tell me some pretty crazy stories. Like, Let's hear them. <laughs> so I have this one guy, this one old guy, he told me in the fall, you know, the mesquite trees we have around here, they got all the beans that grow yeah. on them. When the mesquite beans bloom, you better be throwing a top water. Why? Have no idea. <laughs> I don't even, th- I mean, bass don't even eat mesquite beans. I don't know. Maybe they do, but that's what he said. He said whenever the mesquite beans would start blooming, that's when he'd start throwing a topwater in the fall, which mesquite trees usually September, October. I mean, I don't know if it was just luck, you know, he just fall topwater bite, but yeah. that's what he would use as his guide. Hmm. Yeah. This is a trip. What else? The cows. 
What the hell is up with the cows? The cows, dude. You're from y'all don't have cows in California? Yeah, but I don't. All right, dude. You got the cows. <laughs> this goes back to that thing we were talking about earlier about how animals, whether it's fish, deer, cows, mm. whatever, they all kind of operate on the same time schedule and stuff like that. Well, I've heard people say for years that when the cows are laying down or the deer are laying down, but cows particularly, because you see them, think about it. If a cow's laying down and he's not up moving around eating, mm. why would a fish be? Really? Mm. Because they have their certain times based on daylight, based on moon, based on barometric pressure, stuff like that. That's a crock of shit. I'm sorry. Dude, I, hey, bro. I, I, I'm serious. Think about it. You got a cow. That cow does nothing but eat, sleep, and shit. I'm a fucking cow. That's what you're telling <laughs> me. Me too. <laughs> me too. But I've got a job that change. We're humans. We have jobs. We have kids. We have stuff that changes our schedule. That's that's that cow's only job: eat, sleep, and poop. Yeah. Well, he's only eats for a certain time during the day, and it's a different time every day based on when. outside factors. Whatever those outside factors might be. That's true. Because, I mean, I live out in the country. We got cows all around us. So <laughs> I was driving home one day and I told my wife, we were just driving home. And I said, oh, cows are laying down. Fish ain't biting. And she goes, what are you talking about? And I had to explain the same thing to her. And I'm like, and, and it kind of does make sense because an animal is only going to exert as much energy as it has to. Mm -hmm. That's true. Because an animal's not like us. I get up and go to work. I leave at seven o'clock in the morning. I know sometime between 12 and one o'clock, I'm getting my next meal because that's my lunch break. Yeah. And then I know sometime that evening between seven and eight o'clock, I'm getting my next meal. It's dinner time. Yeah. Well, animals, they don't really, especially like a bass, you talk about like a predatory instinct. You talk about, you hear guys, you know, a bass just bit that because it was a reaction strike, you know, biting a crankbait or something like that, even if they're not fully committed in a feeding mode. Well, because that's his instinct. He doesn't know when his next meal's coming. It might come five minutes from now. It might come five hours from now. Or the snowmageddon might show up and it might become five days from now. Yeah. And they conserve energy. They sit down. They burn as little calories as possible. Then when it's time to feed, it's time to feed. Well, sense. a cow does the same thing. So we joke about, yep, cows are laying down. Fish ain't biting. Well, I, I got one then. What is it? Big? Dragonflies? Okay. Nah, whatever color the dragonfly is, that's the color you need to be throwing. Really? Yeah. Something I, I picked up. Maybe it's this Texas stuff. I don't know. but Yeah. Uh, Mike G and Jesse Robles, too. Really? They said whatever the check the if you're getting a, a bite, check the color of the dragonflies. Which I mean that that makes sense. Dragonflies are always landing on the water, buzzing around the water. You see fish come up and grab them, even if it's bluegill or something. Something's coming up and eating yeah. it. Dragonflies. Then they have the big mayflies too. Yeah. You know, which I can see that because dragonflies are different colors throughout the years. I heard about cicadas too. Oh yeah, I don't know if that's a thing. Or cicadas, true or not, but I don't know. Have you been on? Have you been a choke, right? Mm -hmm. Lee Satch. Have you heard that yeah. that siren going off? It sounds like a bunch of them. It sounds like a damn siren. 
Really? You sure it wasn't coming from the prison? No, no, no. <laughs> no, it's cicadas, dude. Yeah. Like if you pull on, if you pull up on a, on the South Shore side, mm-hmm. so the back side of Weesatch, but the South Shore coming from Callahan. Yeah. Side, it's super loud, dude. Oh, so like if you're if you're coming from Callahan, you actually go around Weesatch Island and come back in on the back side. Yeah. Yeah. So like Prison Flats area, Something kind like of that, over yeah. there. Yeah. That's just loud. Huh. The cicadas trippy yeah but, but you know it, it makes true. but it makes you wonder dude i mean like like i said back to the cows i mean maybe there's something to it maybe there's something not but could work i'm thinking about lighting a candle and just taking on the boat dude like those catholic candles oh yeah just say hail mary <laughs> peace every, be with you every cast every, every cast every cast go with god <laughs> yeah, peace be with exactly you. hey you never know it might work exactly you hold, got you got communion on the boat and everything dude your, 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 your communion wafers, Ritz crackers, yeah. the cheese and peanut butter ones. <laughs> it could work, dude. You hey, man, you got cup holders in the Skeeter. Exactly. Hey, hey, but you know what? Hey, one blew out the other day. On a Canyon. cup holder? Yeah. It's right Gage. next to your life jacket. No, Gage, oh, no. <laughs> Gage caught it. He goes, oh, really? Dad, Dad. As yeah, I look over and he's holding the sunglasses in one hand and holding the cup holder in the other. Hey, so speaking of Gage, we got a little bone to pick with you. Why? Why aren't you letting him net them fish, bro? Yeah, okay, so off air, I was talking about this. And before he knocked off a big one, and I, I was devastated. It wasn't his, like, it was his fault, but like, I'm not going to. Well, yeah, he's like six years old. He, he was, he was actually five years old at the time. When and how old is he now? Seven. Okay. So. Never used the net in his life. No, dude. Probably. And. One time I was trying to be nice and I didn't realize how big the fish was as it was coming up, right? So he got this I got this fish up, he went to go net it, and when he netted it, he knocked it off. Okay. So after that, so on Canyon, when I caught that good one two weeks ago or whatever. Yeah. We saw the video. You took the net. Yeah. From your <laughs> I, son. I know, I did. He said, Give me that. Give me that net. I, I, I felt bad afterwards. And, you know, one of my supervisors at work, he was like, dude, you're an asshole. And I was like, Well, I you know, I, I remember that when he knocked that big one off, and that's all. And and then, you know, that's why I took the net from. So you were telling me, you know, hey, next time let him hit the small ones. Yeah, yeah. I mean, because you got to learn somewhere. Yeah. I mean, you can't let his first net job be an eight pounder. Well, go big or go home, dude. <laughs> yeah, I bet after that he was probably like, take me home. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But no, but but no, we were talking about that off air, and it makes sense. I mean, and. I'm guilty of it. You're guilty of it. You hook a 12, 13, 14 inch fish. You just boat flip it, grab it, take it off and throw it back. Yeah. That's the perfect learning curve yeah. for your little boy. See, that's why I don't think about it. You can, like you, that, hey, get him, get the net, get it halfway in the water. Tell him, hey, I'm going to drag this fish into the net. And as soon as he comes in the net, you just lift straight up. Yeah. Because then I think if you can build some confidence with him netting small fish, next time you do have a three, four, five, six pounder, at least, at least he'll know his technique. Hey, I'm just gonna hold the net right here until Daddy brings it in the net. Yeah. Because the worst thing to do is go chasing a fit, fish with a net. Yeah. Trying to stab at it and all over the place. I mean, God dang. Well, Mike G almost lost my six over there at Canyon. Well, dude, that's because hey, that's because all he does is catch big fish. He don't know how to net them. Yeah. <laughs> Mikey yeah. G. But speaking, you're the best uncle right now to my kids, dude. Oh, come on. Oh, went out there to the property. They were having a good time at the stock pond. That's right. Put them on. Guide trip. 
guide trip. <laughs> Last call guide service stock pond trips. That's available. Right. Hit Josh up. That's right. You get the side by side. Get to ride in the side by side. Catch some bass. Look at blue bonnets. Oh yeah. And then take... chase butterflies. Oh dude. <laughs> Your uh, daughter chased oh, the dude, butterflies. She was wired. <laughs> she was wired. She slept good though. I know that. Oh, that's good. Did oh, she? Yeah. Did they even make it home? No. No. They got to. Uh, we got around sixteen oh four, and well, they had to get chicken nuggets first. Oh yeah, Mickey no, D's. We did that. We did that. Oh, yeah. yeah, for sure. We did that. That was pretty good. And then no, but the we got to like four ten and and thirty seven. They're kind of out. Kind of out of yeah. it. Yeah. No, nah, man, but it was a lot of fun bringing them out. My wife and I really enjoyed having them out there. Yeah, it was a good time for sure, man. Yeah, they'll definitely have to come back. Oh yeah, it'll happen. It'll <laughs> happen definitely. Maybe when I get back from India. Oh yeah, for sure, but. Yeah, man. So, club tournament coming up, championship. You're not fishing, right? No. no. Oh, that's either. right. You're an indie. Yeah, I'm not fishing either. We got the Redfish tournament coming up April 8th. Bass Champs doubleheader at Amistad is coming up. It's either the 21st and 22nd or it's the 22nd and 23rd. So, I'll be actually in Del Rio this weekend pre-fishing for that. And then... Uh, the 13th through the 15th, I'm going to go to Toledo Bend and fish it as a co-angler in the Bassmaster Open. So that'll be cool. Yeah, it will be cool. You know, yeah. get it, just an experience, something I've never done before. Yeah. Get to ride around with a pro, fish a little bit with them, you know, maybe learn a few things. Awesome. Yeah. Also, too, I want to throw out, once we get 2,000 listens, I'm going to take somebody fishing if you just hit us up. And uh, I'll take somebody fishing for free. You don't got to pay anything, pay for any tackle or anything like that. Just come on with me. Just make sure you share with your friends, though, all that stuff. But yeah, I'll pay for sure. Everything with you guys. I like that. Mm-hmm. All right, then. All Throw, right. Throwing it out there. Hey, you know what? That works perfect. 2,000 listens, you do it. And then once we get to 2,000 listens, we'll do another milestone, maybe 5,000 listens or something, and I'll do a guide trip at the coast. All right. Sounds good. Yeah. Sounds good. All right, man. Keep well, sharing with your friends, guys. Absolutely. Spotify, Apple. Spotify especially, that's normally what we're on. But like, subscribe, follow, and, man, just keep hitting us up. You know, if you have any questions, hit us up on Facebook, Instagram. Shoot us an email. If you want to come on the show or you're a local, you know, tournament, whatever, give us a call. Talk to us. Maybe we can work something out. I'm trying to get Phil. Phil? Yeah. From uh, Lunker? Yeah. Oh, yeah, he'd be good. Yeah. Lunker Hunters, that'd yeah. be awesome. I want, to hear, I want to hear how that story transpired. You know? Oh, yeah, for sure. I talked to him. He's down, but he had to get some time to do it on Wednesday. Yeah, no, absolutely. Yeah, but definitely, we're we are always open for suggestions. Like I said, hit us a shoot us a DM on or a message on Facebook, Instagram. (laughs) That's right. But no, I mean, we're just kind of doing this by the seat of our pants and kind of learning as we're going. And we definitely want to try to produce a, a product that everybody enjoys listening and. The best way to do that is get feedback from listeners. So don't be scared to reach out to us. And man, we'd love to talk to y'all. All All right. Come on. All right. Well, well, hey, we're going to wrap it up for this week. And we will be back next week flipping mats, wading flats with Josh and Joe. Thank y'all.